Okay, so let's take a deep breath. I'm so excited this evening. Um, Library Staff Love Learning Twitter Spaces has such a great way to finish the school year. I can't believe that we've actually managed to get um, Amy uh, Herman, who everybody will know as um, uh, School Librarians United, and uh, Steve... Tetro, thank you very much, Steve, for, for putting how to how to pronounce your surname on your Twitter space. Um, uh, that's made life so much easier for me. He has written um, a lot about book banning. Um, and, and when I was looking at trying to find speakers for this session tonight, I was reading the School Librarian um, produced by the... Um, uh, School Library Association and I came across a fabulous article written by Claire um, called How to Deal with Controversial Books in the Library and you know it couldn't have been better you know the gods were with me this week and and to have the three of them on tonight is just is just an absolute gem. Um, so what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, in the UK I would say that there's a rumbling about book banning and um, you know what we should and shouldn't have in our libraries but nowhere near what we're seeing currently in the US and and I'm delighted that we have two US librarians to be able to talk to us about how things have changed in school libraries for them. Um, throughout this evening we're going to talk about what they think that we might need to be aware of here in the UK. We're going to look at um, whether any of us think that book banning actually works. Um, is it like films and songs? If you tell people they can't read them, watch them, listen to them, is it something that they're going to do anyway? We're going to touch on whether we need policies or not. You know, we do have policies coming out here in the UK. You know, has have they in America managed to, to do something that is actually helping? And And, you know, the big question about, book banning I suppose for me is how do we support the rights of the student to read whatever they want versus age appropriateness and the need to protect them. I think it's something that we really need to focus on because school libraries have a real special um, uh, relationship with the students that they work with and actually we do need to get that balance right versus what parents and teachers want them to read and I think that this is all you know um, built up and, and around the problem of book banning. So um, before I crack on and, and get them get everybody to introduce themselves I want to just point out that you have a little heart shaped icon at the bottom of your screen um, if you press that you will be able to uh, put thumbs up uh, 100% heart, laughy face if anybody, any of us says anything really funny. Um, it's good for the speakers to be able to see that you are listening and interacting. So that would be lovely. As we go through the chat tonight, um, if you decide that you'd like to join in the conversation, then I will invite you up um, once we've had a bit of a chat. Uh, in order to do that, you just need to request to speak and I will invite you into the conversation. So that's Everything done. I think I'm ready to go. So I'm going to start off by saying Happy Independence Day to my two American speakers. Can I first invite Amy to come on and just say hello, explain a little bit about yourself and, and a little bit about the, the situation that is currently going on in the US and how it's affecting you. 
Good evening, everybody. Um, uh, thankfully, I, I, I'm so grateful, first of all, to have this invitation. I have had an opportunity to work with Elizabeth, and we recorded an episode uh, for my podcast last summer, and it was an absolute like bucket list thing I wanted to do, and it, it just absolutely just gave me sort of confidence moving forward. Uh, my, so my name is Amy Herman. I am a now 15-year school librarian. I, I live and work in Metro Detroit. And uh, I started a podcast uh, four years ago. I'll be starting season five in a couple weeks. And I uh, am, am absolutely honored to have the opportunity to work and collaborate with school librarians around the country and around the world. And I am <clears throat> going to be posting episode 183. And uh, this, this week, uh, I have uh, episodes coming out every week uh, on your favorite podcast uh, app on your on your device and um, but it's been a lot of fun because it's given me the excuse and opportunity to interview school librarians everywhere and uh, and I'm always always looking for more more guests uh, I will say um, it is awfully ironic that we are um, speaking on our Independence Day um, there is precious little to celebrate right now about this country um, if if school librarians weren't, and librarians in general, I will say, public librarians are are getting hit just as hard as school librarians are because the public librarians are oftentimes under the microscope because they offer programs such as the uh, Storytime with a Drag Queen. Hugely popular, waiting lists, families love it, and there's always somebody who's going to go in there and and interrupt it. But so so if I I wasn't displeased with my country for for vilifying school librarians and librarians in general, um, the the loss of of Roe versus Wade um, just a week ago was absolutely devastating. So I, there's a lot broken with this country, and I'm sorry I don't have dual citizenship because I would leave in a heartbeat. That being said, <laughs> so so how has said. So, Amy, how has how has book banning, you know, have you seen have you seen a slow progression with book banning banning in the U.S. or have you have is it something? It feels reading about it that it feels like an avalanche, as if something has really changed and uh, and you're almost overwhelmed by it and by the news that's coming through. Is that how it's been, or has there always been a, a, an element of? Um, book banning within the U.S.? There, there's always been uh, an, an appetite to control what our students read. Um, there have always been parents who have exercised their rights to remove their students from uh, mandatory reading in class, and that is not unusual. Our, our English teachers, our, our reading language teachers, are very familiar with parents' objections, and the families have always been given the opportunity to opt their children out of really just anything that we offer, especially in the public schools. And um, I feel that the book banning has been incredibly regional, um, starting in the Deep South, uh, where conservatism is is well entrenched. And so the both sides have mobilized very quickly. There are uh, family and, and conservative, especially um, very evangelical religious groups uh, who have felt it their obligation to remove 
books from from student access because of of lifestyles and narratives that they strongly disagree with and that smoldering and that sort of erupted in some very highly publicized uh, bannings of, of books coming out of uh, southern states and it very quickly sort of some of that was was fueled by social media because the organizations that were in favor of removing these books and taking the the uh, LGBTQIA pride and drag uh, story time with the drag queen uh, programs out of the public libraries, that material was first originally put together in the southern states and then simply sent up through Facebook to to the rest of the country where, you know, vigilantes could take it upon themselves to raid our LGBTQIA books. I have friends whose books have just mysteriously been taken off the shelves as if there isn't another copy they can purchase. But, and public librarians, especially that every time they purchase uh, titles, certain titles, which have all been on a, on a list, a hit list, if you will, um, they, public librarians especially, there's a lot of conversation about how those books have just mysteriously disappeared off the shelf or their displays. So do you think, do you think though, because, because here in the UK, you know, I have come across, you know, parents who have objected to a specific book that, that, and, and we have to, we have to accept that, that parents have the right to choose what their children read or don't read. Um, in those instances within the UK or within my own experience, and I'm certainly not an expert on this, but I felt that I had the right to have a look at that book, decide whether it needed to be, um, you know, maybe it wasn't appropriately, um, I, had, I hadn't had time to read it. You know, we, we, we don't have time to read everything, do we? We, we have that opportunity that parents are coming in and telling us, you know, there's something in this book that's not suitable. So you can make a decision as the school librarian, can't you, that you, that you, you know, either class it as something that is for older students, you choose to remove it or you choose to ignore it um, and, and thank the parent for, for um, bringing it to your attention. Do you think it's, it's worse than that in the US? Yes, because the... Uh, in, in the cases I was talking with librarians just last week at a conference I attended, um, the principal simply came and took the books off the shelf. And many of my friends, their experiences with challenges from not just families and parents, but the general public, the community, have been largely influenced. If you have the support of your administration, this is going to be a much it's going to be less perilous than if you have a principal who says, you know what, the easiest thing is just to take the book off the shelf and I'm going to exercise that prerogative as the administrator of this, of this building. And, and, you know, I have no problem with a parent having their child not read a book or if, they, if there's a book being read in class and the family says, you know what, I don't want my child to read this. That's their prerogative. That's fine. But I'm a parent and, and I happen to, to know the first thing I'm going to do is trust the educators who are teaching my children. But when I, when a parent decides that they know what's best for our entire school body, that's the garbage. That's garbage because you cannot, as a parent, make a decision for the rest of the community that this book is somehow deemed inappropriate for not just your child, but for everybody's children. 
And that's where that's where librarians and school librarians have come out swinging. We're a feisty bunch, and we are um, not quiet. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you very much, Amy, <laughs> for starting this off. I'm going to ask you to mute yourself, and I'm going to invite Steve in. Um, uh, he emailed me just after I invited him to speak, and and sent me a lovely list of of um, articles that he has written over the last few years. Um, which I will share when I make this into a podcast. Um, but, but Steve, um, would you just come in and, and introduce yourself a little bit and, and maybe talk a little bit about the, the articles and why you wrote them? Sure. So uh, I'm Steve Tatro in perfect pronunciation. Thank you. Uh, we, uh, I am a relatively new uh, practicing school librarian. I've been sort of hobbyist librarianing for the past half a dozen years, but um, finally got into my school's library as one of the librarians. Very excited about that. But I live in, uh, in the United States and I'm in New Jersey, which traditionally has been seen as very much a... Uh, liberal state, um, one that is very open. And New Jersey actually has some of the best inclusion um, in their curriculum enshrined in their standards pretty much in the country. So a couple of months back, um, I heard about one of the teachers in New Jersey that was facing the second challenge in two years to a couple of books that she had in her library. And I was just floored to hear about that. And it turned out that was just the, the tip of the spear. Um, it kind of seems like a lot of this has been picking up a lot of steam since maybe last September. Um, Texas, that's that's when Texas really kind of came out swinging on trying to ban a lot of books. They created a list, uh, we're calling it the Krauss list, um, that has about 800 titles on it, mostly books by LGBTQ people or people of color or women. Um, not a whole lot of white male books on there. And they're books that have been suggested be removed from all Texas libraries. And that list has sort of become sort of a standard that a lot of groups around the country are using as their starting point to say, these are things we should not have in our school libraries. So when I did that little bit of research after hearing about what was going on in what I thought of as a very liberal state and started to find that there were more and more challenges coming to not just my state, but all over the place, it was really concerning. And that was where I started to put together some articles to say, hey, folks, you may not think this is in your backyard, but I didn't think it was in my backyard either. And it is coming. Uh, so hopefully folks have been able to sort of take a little bit of a look at what's going on around them. And there's been a lot of really great sharing among all the different organizations, the state organizations for school librarians, uh, English teacher organizations, uh, public library organizations have all been sort of banding together and saying, here's what we've seen, here's things we've done. Lots of sharing of policies um, across schools. So it's been very um, helpful that we've been able to kind of work together, even though school librarians tend to be kind of socially isolated within our schools because there don't tend to be a whole lot of us. We've really been able to band together thanks in large part to our ability to get online and sort of see and hear what's going on all over the place. I, I think that that you've hit the nail on the head as far as I'm concerned because because there will be an element of a lone librarian in a school on their own feeling very intimidated by what's going on and I would imagine that a lot of it it's just easier to give in isn't it it's just easier not to have that 
those books on your shelves because because of the the stress and the the awful um uh situation you find yourself in so actually hearing that your schools are banding together that your policies are being shared uh, is really um uh is is good to hear i think um do you feel that that has made a difference to to the lone librarian um do you feel that they're being more outspoken because of that I think there's a greater realization that you don't have to be alone in all of this, but it's also, it's really become a political uh, item that, that folks are using to sort of drive political ambitions. It's a very emotionally charged topic, so it's easy to get people riled up. And there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation out there about what is or isn't in a book. And so it becomes very easy for people to get others stirred up and rally them to a cause that gets their name in the papers, that gets them sort of, you know, locally or wider famous. And unfortunately, I think that's sort of what is driving a lot of this. I don't, I think a lot of it is disingenuous um, attempts to try and get rid of what people are calling, you know, bad books out of libraries. Um, there's a lot of personal attacks against librarians and educators, calling them groomers, pedophiles. And that's that's not about books. That's about people trying to score political points. And it's, it's a real shame. Um, so I'm hoping that as school librarians are seeing what's going on and realizing that they don't have to be alone, that they do feel a little bit more, that they do have some supports out there. But it's still, it's tough because it really does come down to, for some people, you know, it comes down to, is it worth your job to try and keep a book on a shelf? Yeah, and that is really, really awful, isn't it? It's not It's mm -hmm. not a good place. Do you think it's been made worse by social media? I get the, I get the oh, impression yes. that, that there's a lot of negativity. And actually, you know, I've had really good experiences with social media, especially Twitter. You know, some wonderful things have happened because I'm out there and, I, and I'm on social media. But but and and it's difficult to say, isn't it? Is is the avalanche of of negativity is really difficult to combat? That it's almost it's almost it takes over. You can't find a a positive post about book banning at the moment, do you know? And yeah. it's like trying to sort of work out how that works and how you how you manage that through social media yeah no absolutely social media has has definitely poured gasoline on the fire um library twitter has been outstanding and wonderful and has had lots of great suggestions and help and i have to say there's a group in texas called freedom fighters f-r-e-a-d-o-m freedom um they have been putting a lot of stuff out about ways you can help and they've been putting together different kinds of campaigns that people can take part in to help um, school librarians in different places, especially in Texas. But, and they also put out every once in a while, they've got a, hey, here's a place where we did repel the challenge. And this is, you know, something to be excited about and hopeful about. So there are those, they're rare, unfortunately, but there are those instances out there where uh, sense prevails over emotion. So hopefully we'll see more of that in the future, but <laughs> that's, that's a fingers crossed sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Before I invite Claire in to talk about um, her article, I just wanted to ask both of you, um, probably Amy first, 
you know, it, it isn't here yet. We're a different nation, but it's coming. Is there, would you have any advice on, on what we can do before it hits us big time? I don't, I'm not even, I'm not so sure that we have quite such a um, uh, loud <laughs> population, if that's the right word. But, but um, uh, what would you say? What is your, what is the thing to, that, that we could be looking out for before it gets to the stage that, that you're at in America? Um, well, I, I will say I've, I have, my own experience has been very tangential, uh, sort of random inquiry. Do you have this book on your shelf? Clearly a non-library user, because when people reach out and ask us what books we have on the shelf, they clearly don't know that librarians are, we're not hiding the books. There, You can reach our, uh, reach our, our access our catalog anywhere. So, but, um, the things that, that I know a lot of us have done, whether we have been targeted or not, is we have come out swinging with banned book displays. We typically recognize banned book week in September, which is a great way to start the year uh, for us. But I, you know, I know a lot of us created banned book displays and sort of big words of banned across all our books. And it was a wonderful discussion piece that, that I, I put right as our students walked in the foyer all these books I assembled, probably more than 30. And it was fun because the responses from the teachers were, <laughs> the English teachers pointed and said, we teach that book, we teach that book, we teach that. And so recognizing and telling their students, we teach banned books. My students saying, Mrs. Herman, why are you banning these books? I said, oh, I'm not. But a lot of people are. Well, why are they banning these books? I said, that's a good Google search, but I'll tell you what. There are people who would like to decide what you can and can't read in this library. And I'm telling you right now, I'm going to make it easy for you to find these books. I'm just going to put the big old word band across it. And I want you to look it up. I want you to make up your own mind and decide for yourselves what you think about these topics, because you are old enough to read these books. And I work in a high school. These are all YA books. And, and the only reason why somebody has decided they're banned is because they have profanity. It's because they have LGBTQI. And when I say profanity, I'm just, I'm talking about swear words. Um, LGBTQIA topics, uh, 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 authors of color, uh, and, and, and they have narratives that, that white people feel they are being um, sort of um, made, made to look bad in. So um, I say, first of all, be very proactive in knowing, having a good sense of what kinds of books in your own collection have been deemed, maybe not in the UK, but in the United States. I mean, if any of you have mouse, <laughs> that's been banned um, because apparently our students can't handle the Holocaust. But um, be proactive. You should also have that conversation. And this I got firsthand from one of my friends who, who is still going through this process. Be very proactive with your, with your building administration, whether it's your headmaster or your principal, and say, I need to have a, a, an understanding of, of how you feel because I need to know moving forward that I'm gonna have your support. Um, we should all have a, a collection development policy and ideally separate from instructional materials, meaning you should have a, a collection, and I'm guilty of this because the libraries I've walked into don't. We come under the umbrella of a collection development policy that is, addresses instructional materials be it classroom, and that's a problem because obviously the books in our libraries 
some are instructional materials, but a large majority of the books that are checked out by our students are done so because those are books they just want to read for, for independent reading. Free and, um, and another thing is to make sure that you're very familiar with your reconsideration policy, meaning the policy that is going to kick, into pro kick in as soon as that, that uh, inquiry comes, comes across. And like I said, a lot of these get snuffed out at central office or at the district level because they have decided that the parents are, are trying to find a problem where there isn't one. Again, but, but, but have some, some idea of, of knowing how, how you plan to respond. And I would be very proactive. I'd look critically through your collection. The, there are plenty of lists of banned books and maybe not UK books, but they're most definitely uh, books in, in, in the United States. But again, you know, there's a lot of resources. Um, when I recorded with Steve, our episode 162, Fighting Censorship, the show notes have a lot of the, the materials Steve put together with the, the school librarians of New Jersey. And so looking at those show notes, the, the wonderful thing is we're fighting fire with fire. We're using social media just as effectively as the, the, the people who are driving these, these book banning uh, you know, campaigns. And so we're using that social media to our advantage. And so many of those resources, because we are librarians, we believe in open access uh, of materials that we share with everybody. So looking at, uh, in this case, the show notes of episode 162, um, you're going to see entire uh, handbooks put together like by Steve's team in New Jersey and the um, uh, American Library Association's Office for Intellectual Freedom. Uh, these are organizations which have been dealing with censorship for especially the, the ALA um, uh, for, for decades. Thank you so much. Um, before I bring you in, Steve, I just want to to, to um, bring in Claire at this point. So, so Claire, like I say, um, has written a, a, an article for the the school librarian. Can you just introduce yourself, Claire? And and you know, uh, Amy's been talking a lot about banned book displays, and I know that we, you know, a lot of librarians in the UK do do this. Can you just sort of explain what we're current or what you're currently doing? Um, to to counteract some of the the things that are going on at the minute. Um, um, my name's Claire Maris, and I'm a, a school librarian at um, Toot Hill School in Bingham. And um, yeah, I when I wrote this article, when they asked me to write this article, I, it was a little bit scary actually, <laughs> because. Um, when you're writing things like this, you're sort of thinking, oh, should I say that? I might be a little over-controversial. Um, will people be offended by it? It's it's quite a, a touchy subject, isn't it? And, um, yeah. And um, I mentioned in my article about um, an incident I had with a year seven boy that had taken a book out that was inappropriate. It wasn't a book that I'd read. And I dealt with it the way that I felt was the right way I'd contact the parents straight away I actually did end up taking the book off the shelf because I read the the rape bit in the book and it, I just found it very very offensive and so I did actually take it off the shelf because I thought I don't really want anybody to read that at all um but so that's part, that is part and parcel of of what we do as as librarians and and 
you know supporting our students aren't we it, it's you know there is that element of we can't have read everything um and and if something is brought to light then then it's your professional judgment at the end of the day that then leads to making the decision one way or another isn't it well that's it i mean this book had been on the shelf since 2014 and it had come in it had come in under um a, a label 100 best books for boys so um you know and it wasn't <laughs> exactly obviously somebody hadn't yeah obviously somebody hadn't read it <laughs> yeah and um but students have read it and um i've had no comments from any other students no comments from any other parents and so the book stayed on the shelf and then i this year seven parent contacted me and i was a bit flabbergasted by the bit the bit that they'd picked out of the book and i thought i can't really have that on my shelf and i'm i am actually a very liberal um uh, school librarian and um, really don't like putting senior fiction on books because I actually believe if you're going to ban a book you may as well ban the whole internet absolutely yeah yeah absolutely because what they're getting from a book they can get worse from the internet yeah so so it's it's interesting isn't it because because that book has um, obviously gone out several times and, and nobody has has mentioned anything it it brings reminds me of a previous conversation we had um about about um actually it was when we were talking about book award books and the content inside some of the books affected me quite badly as an adult because of my life experience yet yet the students reading those same books didn't <laughs> didn't react in the same way and i wonder you know obviously your judgment on this book was was the the correct one for you in your school but I wonder whether sometimes our judgment on books um is based on our own life experiences rather than the students reading it and it doesn't affect them as much as we think it does what do you think to that well uh, one of the reasons I took it off the shelf is the 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 boy that had read it was clearly having some emotional problems as well and um, was being a little bit um, a little bit aggressive, and so I just felt that um, I was worried that the book had influenced that somehow, Absolutely. and that's, and that is why I decided that that book was going to come off the shelf because I didn't want to have that happen again. Even no. putting a senior fiction on it or a green spot, which is for college and adults only, I just felt that the book didn't need to be on the shelf. No, but, but you you've know, done I, you've done book dis book, banned book displays. Yes, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and there's some of the books. Um, you know, I've got most of these books in my library. I was looking at the ten banned books um, that are most current, and I I have most of those in my library. The gender queer, um, all boys aren't blue. The hate you give. The absolute true diary of a part time Indian. This book is gay. The colour, you know, I have all those in in my library. And I think, like I said in my article, I think if you know your student and you look at what they've been reading, you can make a judgment about what they should be reading. Absolutely. I would agree with you there. Um, can I just bring Sabrina in? Sabrina, you, you've sat really quietly listening. Um, you are co-hosting although I can't actually make you a co-host, so I'm failing abysmally. Um, <laughs> your your um, um, 
do you have you had a book a banned book display within your library and and oh uh, i have Yes, yeah, it's I'm actually looking at when it's falling um this year. Obviously it's September, so I need to get my bottom into gear and sort that out. Um but yeah, I do have band books up. I, I have diverse voices up. Obviously I've I've got a pride display up at the moment. Um we've introduced an LGBTQ shelf that is it's not prominent, but it's definitely one of the first things you see when you walk in. And that's all been at the request of my students. Um I have a huge LGBTQ community. And I feel I have a great responsibility to them to represent their voices and their experiences on the shelf. I have to admit, I've never had an issue touch wood with anyone saying you can't have that book in. Um, I've done, you know, I, I follow a lot of booktubers. So if there is books with controversial um, content, they'll be labeled up. So I have books for everyone books for year eight and above and then I have YA labeled books which are on a separate side in the library um I had a student he's been reading everything that he possibly could at the moment and he borrowed Sally Rooney's um conversations whatever it's called beautiful people one um he came back within a couple of lessons and said no that that's my line I can't read that that's that's too much and I try to encourage a lot of self-censorship with the students. And I say, if you're not comfortable with something, stop reading it, come back, come and have a talk. Um, I, I, mean, I can't imagine being in America, to be honest, because that whole what's going on over there, I don't know how you guys are coping and kudos to you for standing strong. But that whole, you know, just having to get books off the shelf or having to fight to keep books on the shelf, sounds horrific to be honest um, I'm quite glad we're a little bit more conservative over here if that's the right word to use that is the right word that's the word that I was looking for <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely we are a little bit more conservative um country but there's still an element of of um you know people not liking everything that's there I, I find it interesting that that when we put up book banned book displays you know do those books rush off the shelves I'm sure they do I, I do have a lot of conversations with students why are these books being banned when when I tell them Harry Potter's banned because it has witchcraft in it and they just look at me as though I'm bonkers and it's like yeah that that's that's the reason and they're just like what to you know to have these conversations with them and we're actually going to be doing a lesson on it as part of our new um, um, library scheme and it will just be interesting to see what their their thoughts are on on the reasons why books are challenged. Absolutely, it's such a good um, it's a good uh, discussion point, isn't it, with students? You know, the the it, it opens it brings it out up and into the open, doesn't it? Um, I just want to I just want to pause a second and say that if anybody would like to join in this conversation this evening, um, please just request to speak. Richard, you've tried a couple of times and each time I've accepted you as a speaker, it seems to have thrown you back out. So if you want to join in and try again, I'm, I'm more than happy for, to, to try and, and, and add you as a speaker again. Um, it's not that I'm ignoring you. Um, if anybody else does want to request to speak, then, then please do so um, and, and come in and join the conversation. Can I bring Claire back in? Yeah, hi. Um... I was just um, talking of listening to Sabrina about the different books. I also have a, um, a permanent LGBTQ plus display, a permanent BAME display. Um, I have a shelf help. 
And I get quite a lot of, um, I don't know um, if you've read Eve Ainsworth's Damage. No, I haven't, no. Um, I mean, that's about self-harm. And I get uh, quite a lot of people saying, oh, why would you be promoting that book? You know, you're promoting self-harm. And I know Eve Ainsworth had a lot of, um, it was hard work for her to bring that book out. I don't, you know, it was hard to get that published for her because of it was about self-harm. But actually, if you read the book, it's it's very helpful for somebody who um, is self-harming because it's giving, it's giving, you know, good information, good advice about it. There's Absolutely. so, many, there's it, it, so it, many of those books that are controversial, but actually are very good for students to read. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think that there's a there's a uh, it, there's an important role for school li librarians to play, isn't there, in in being able to discuss books that are read um, to be there as a health and well-being support. I think it's it's a it's another aspect of school librarianship that that isn't always recognized but but actually if somebody is reading a book that is connected to something that they're currently going through it gives them the opportunity to talk doesn't it and um, Richard you're now you're now a speaker can I invite you up to to say hello and introduce yourself hi everybody can you hear me uh, yeah we can lovely okay good um I'm in Canada. Um, I work for, I'm a teacher librarian, but I'm also the chair of the Intellectual Freedom Committee for the Canadian Association of Library Associations. I'm also uh, part of a working group of librarians who works with the uh, Center for Free Expression at Metropolitan University in Toronto. And we have uh, basically had the same thing happening here in Canada that's happening in the United States. We have a small group uh, that's been sending information to us uh, actionforcanada.com and what they're basically doing is they're sending librarians a notice of personal liability and basically it says that they're facilitating an exposure of minors to sexually explicit materials activities and or events um, the interesting part about this is they're using something that was uh, organized here in canada in bc it's called soji123 and basically what soji123 is it's a uh, it's a uh, it's, it talks about sexual orientation and gender identity for students. And it's here in BC in the schools. And we receive resources both from uh, fours, I should say, for, library, for school libraries and also for the classroom. Now, what these uh, people are using, they're using the list uh, of SOGI inclusive books for K-12 schools. And now they are going after um, libraries. Now they've started just recently. They've only done it in three or four uh, public libraries in Canada, we expect that they don't understand the fact that this is not offered across Canada, and it's also not offered in public libraries. But we do have uh, municipal elections coming in October, and um, a lot of people will be running for school trustees. In the last municipal election four years ago, um, there were uh, several candidates who ran exclusively on removing the libraries and with um, the notice of liability uh, basically is that they are telling teachers that they are at, at, at librarians that they are uh, uh, breaking the law in, in having these books in the library uh, they give a definition of child pornography they're also uh, saying that we're making child pornography by having it in our books that we're distributing child pornography 
um, you know, it's all kinds of different accusations. So it is, it's scary for the librarians who have done it now. Um, the other thing that they're talking about is they want a freedom of information. They want all the details, including emails, attachments, and any other correspondence of anybody who approved the books, as well as the grounds for this approval, any instructions given from anyone else in relation to this approval, and minutes of all meetings in relation to such approvals. So that's pretty much what's happening right now. Um, I should say uh, that uh, our response to Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, we've lost uh, Richard. Richard, I'm sorry. I've lost you again. Um, I think we got most of that. Um, it was it was um, really fascinating to hear um, the the Canadian story. Richard, you have you have gone off. It, it, it's shocking to hear that that school librarians are being threatened with their jobs because of because of books in their library. And I, you know, I pray that it never comes to the UK. Um, Steve. Can I bring you back in? Do you do you think that that you know what um, Richard was talking about? Is it as bad in the U.S. or are you or are you already there? Oh yeah, uh, we're definitely there. We've got um, several states trying to either have passed or are in the process of trying to pass laws that are going to criminalize the inclusion of certain topics, certain kinds of books in schools. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of a mess. Um, and I think one of the most important things, if I could travel back in time a year and a half or two years with the knowledge I have now, I think the main thing I would want to do is look at, like Amy was saying, my reconsideration policies and my collection policies, and I would get them polished really nicely so that I knew that they were going to protect the collection because now bringing anything is going to face a lot of uphill battle to try and get anything changed or rearranged in our policies. Um, so trying to think ahead and saying, okay, if there was one thing I was going to do, I'd want to make sure that my challenge policy policies, we're going to say things about if you want to challenge uh, titles, you have to live in the district because we've got people from outside of the districts coming in, literally just bringing in people from other places to go to school board meetings and, and challenge books um, that just because they they don't like those books uh, and making sure that there were caveats about if a book is challenged and the challenge is repelled, that you can't come back and re-challenge that book for a certain number of years because that's exactly what happened to one of my friends. She had a successful defense against um, a series of challenges and then the following year, they were challenged again. So certainly um knowing i don't know it seems like the uk and the us kind of seem to go back and forth and following each other in different trends and so i'm hoping this is not one of the ones that you all are going to follow us with but uh if so i i hope that you are able to sort of get some preventative measures in place to sort of protect yourselves and your collections absolutely i think you know um uh, funnily enough, I'm going to be talking at the Silip conference next week on a, on intellectual freedom, um, and there's a policy document coming out um, soon. Um, I think it's really important, like you say, Steve, that we put ourselves in the position that that you know it, it is it is a parent's right to challenge, but it's certainly not a parent's right to to say what every child in the school library should be reading. It's certainly not a parent's right to go to <laughs> 
another um, school or another town or city to say that that book, you know, I don't like that book, so therefore it shouldn't be in any any library. Um, so it's really important that actually when we get it right, we we do it well. Um, so so thanks for that, Steve. I think it's a really good good piece of advice. Um, Rachel asked us to, to be a speaker. I wonder, Rachel, do you have any questions or anything that you'd like to to say towards the end of this this discussion? Um, can I invite you in to say hello? Yep. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, yeah, we can. Hi. Um, I suppose my question was more about um, whether people have um policies around the age restriction you mentioned at the beginning about how we kind of tread this fine line between censorship and protecting the children um and i just wondered if anyone has like particular things they do like do they have to get parental permission if a younger child wants to read an older book or things like that i don't know if anyone's happy to share or that was my question, really. Okay, thanks, Rachel. Can I bring Claire back in? What do you do, Claire? Um, hi. Uh, yeah, I I have um, little red dots on some of my books, and they are senior fiction, and so year ten and above can borrow those books. And but um, younger students can borrow those books if they get parental permission. So they have to go home and they have to get a note in their planner, bring it back to the school, and then they're allowed to take the book home and i and i think that that is something that that does go on um throughout libraries in in the uk i i'm sure it does sabrina do you do that in your school no um we don't we're a lot more flexible our students tend to pick books that they want to read so we're just happy if someone doesn't pick up a wimpy kid in year 10 to be honest um but we we've never done parent permission letters. We we do have a like an age rate. Like I said earlier, I've got a year eight and above, and then I have a YA section, and that's about it. I tend to see students coming in reading books from home. So there's a year seven student who's reading all their dad Stephen King at the moment. So I know that she's been exposed to everything he's written, um, and there are others that are, they're bringing in the the Sally Rooney and the Colleen Hoover, and it's like their home books. I know they're all right. I think like, um, I can't remember who it was who said, it was Amy, I think, you know, about knowing your students and knowing what they read. Um, and I think that's how we get around it in our school. Oh, that sounds terrible, but we've not had any issues so far. No, and I think that that's, that that's right. You know, some schools will definitely need um, more of a structure and others, and others that just won't just on the, on the, the you know, purely understanding of your own school and, and, and their needs. Julie, can I bring you back? Can I, sorry, Julie has just asked, requested to speak. Can I can I bring Julie in and then we'll, we'll talk to Claire again? Hi, Julie. Hi, I'm a librarian in a secondary school in Hertfordshire. Um, we do have a young adult section, um, which we tend to, you know, put the stickers on as they're coming in. We, um, we do as much research on the books as we can. Um, any younger students, we do have a, a letter that we send home. Um, we, we just feel it just sort of covers our back. But as somebody said just now, there are younger students bringing in lots of the books that we would deem to be for older students. Um, but their parents have said they're okay for them to read. So, you know, they're obviously allowed Absolutely. to read them. 
Yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think um, with our Carnegie Awards, there tends to be it tends to be the year sevens and eights that read it, and and a lot of those books are have um, older content in them. And I know that some schools tend to put up um, a, a, a you know letters to parents giving permission, um, which is how how that works. Can I bring Claire back in? Did you have something to say? Um, it was just uh, it was just to agree with Sabrina. I, I think. Um you know, you can make a judgment on a student. I know students in year seven, year eight, who do have a mature level of reading. And I'm not going to stop them reading something that I think you're going to be fine with that. Um, I just think you have to tread carefully with some students that are a little bit naive, a bit more naive, I think. Absolutely. And I would agree with you there. Um, Okay, there's so many people wanting to come in and talk to me, which is so exciting. Can you put your hand up if you have something that you want to share? Um, can I just bring Claire in quickly? Hi, Claire. Nice that you could join us this evening. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, everyone. It's lovely to lovely to uh, be involved this evening. Um, I just wanted to say that for my uh, library, which I've I've I run a, a, a pre kindergarten up to grade twelve. Um, library so it's actually on three sites but my main library is for grade three to grade 10 which is obviously at quite a vast age range um, so I just have different sections of books within 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 the library so we've got a sort of a, um, a sort of an early chapter book section for those who are just beginning to read fluently um, then we've got but because we have a lot of non-English uh, native speakers a lot of slightly older students also read those just because that's where their English level is at the time uh, when they arrive with us. Uh, then we have a junior fiction section, which is for our sort of top end of primary and depending on fluency levels, bottom end of, of secondary age. Then we have a secondary fiction, which is really sort of for sort of bottom end of, of secondary. And then we have a young young adult section, which is sort of 14 plus but I don't do letters. Um, I just base it on what I know of the students. And if our students are um, sort of really interested in reading any books that I think mm, maybe we're borderline, I just basically say to them, you know, look, this this book is sort of on the edge of maybe being a little bit too 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 advanced. But, you know, take it, read it. If you feel uncomfortable, bring it back. And that's always been my my sort of suggestion with students anyway, because sometimes you just don't know what's going to affect one student. And, and I do find students are very good at self-censoring. Uh, I've, I've, I've not really had any problems with parents sort of challenging, but I have had um, children coming back and saying, Oh, there, there was some there were some rude words in that, and I don't think I should be reading it. Or, or you know, there was there was some kissing in that, and I, I you know maybe I'm a bit too young to be reading about that. And I find that really funny. Um, and I think probably the students are probably much better at self censoring than we give them credit for. Absolutely, I would agree, Claire. I, I think that self censorship is 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 a real. It's a way of growing up through reading, isn't it? Absolutely, it's about, it's about knowing and understanding what you yourself is comfortable with and actually admitting maybe that something did embarrass you yes and you didn't get comfortable reading is, is part of that learning and growing as we read isn't it as, as as children growing up absolutely and I think one of the funniest things that I ever experienced is when children think don't realize that I think it's okay sometimes that there's some swearing in books because they think it's just the worst thing you know that they they come to me this there, there, there was a there was a bad word and I look at it and I think well I've heard worse than that in the playground <laughs> I'm sure it's fine you know it's uh but but yeah they 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 sort of they need sometimes some of the students actually need a little bit bit of convincing themselves that uh, that 
you know, as long as the swearing's in context, then it's fine. As long as it's not there, you know, from a gratuitous perspective, as long as it's, you know. Absolutely. And as long as they don't, as long as they don't go home and swear to their parents. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> can, I, can I just bring Sabrina back in? You've had your hand up for a while. Yeah, sorry, thanks. Um, I was just going to say that I'd mentioned that I use BookTube um, reviewers and that to find out content of books, but also the AR Book Finder. If you if the book is on the system, it will tell you what's in the book in their little summary as well, which has been very handy for some books because, like you said, we can't read everything. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention was about Book Talk, and obviously that has made students coming in wanting to borrow books that have been seen on book talk and they have they're not regular readers so they have no concept of what they're about to throw them in themselves into so i think as librarians we kind of need to be aware of the social media side of book community um just something i wanted to raise that was all absolutely um so many good points uh, i've noticed that it's four minutes to eight o'clock um it's almost four minutes to three o'clock in the US and they have an Independence Day to celebrate. So I'm going to um, bring this evening to a close. I'm going to I'm going to come back to to Amy and uh, Steve um, and Claire for, for one last comment before we go. But but I just want to thank everybody that has supported Library Staff Love Learning Twitter Spaces for the last year that we have been running. We are going to take a break over the summer holidays um but if you want to join my membership it's it's on my website elizabethahutchinson.com i've got um a new membership for teachers to help them understand all about what school libraries do so if you've got a teacher that you think might be um interested please share it with them um but but have a really lovely break over the summer and and come back refreshed and ready to listen to more so before i close tonight amy can i just bring you back in for one last word what would you what would your final comments be before we close tonight hi friends thanks for the invitation um i i think that if there's one thing that that the americans do well is we mobilize and and just as 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 hard as as the people who are coming after our collections school librarians and librarians in general have proven themselves very quickly to realize when somebody is threatening to take away the, the free and unfettered access of our collections and, and are going to rise to defend our students' access to them. And, and I think there's incredible power in, in the ability that we have to assemble those ideas and, and you know take whatever you need from what the Americans have put together already and copy, 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 because we all have the same motivation at, at heart and we all wanna make sure that our students have the, the best, most representative collection that they can possibly have. Also, I am broadcasting all summer long. So even though you're on holiday, you can always listen to new episodes every Friday. But thank you so much, Elizabeth, for, for the invitation. And thank you, everybody. This has been a wonderful and, and truly a highlight to my July 4th. Thank you very much, Amy. Um, uh, you know, it, it's always a pleasure and I certainly will be listening into your podcasts over the summer. Um, you, you always inspire me, so it's always worth, a, worth me listening in. Um, Steve, can I just invite you for, for you know, for parting remarks? Uh, I'm going to mirror uh, Amy's closing and say thank you so much for the invite. It's wonderful to be able to talk with folks uh, across the pond to kind of 
see where you all are at and get some ideas of where uh, we can maybe draw on some of your thoughts because you guys had some really interesting points that I hadn't thought um, about previously. So I really appreciate that. And hopefully, like Amy said, you are able to find your allies, start thinking about what um, English organizations, what school librarian organizations are going to be there that you can start to build those connections with and make sure that you are as ready as you can be so that if something does go sideways, you're ready for it. And that's about it. So I hope everybody has a great summer. Thanks, Steve. And and Claire, can I bring you in one last time? I've got two Claire's. So, so, so it's Claire Maris. Can I bring you back in for one final last um, comment? Yeah. Um, what I would just like to say is I think we need to stop wrapping the students up in cotton wool and let them explore literature because um, at the end of the day, those books give them so much, so much to, to, there's so much in the books that can help them with life experiences. And thank you very much for inviting me onto uh, your chat tonight. It's been fabulous. Thank you all so much. Um, I'm really sorry that I haven't been able to invite everybody up to speak that has requested to speak. Um, but keep an eye out on my, on my Twitter feed. We will be back um, in September. And I hope you all have a fabulous summer. Take care and thank you very much for joining me tonight. Good night.